Welcome to another edition of In the Zone. I'm your host, Garrison Roy, and today we have a very special guest, Alex Acevedo. Alex, please introduce yourself, man. What's up, guys? Alex Acevedo here. Um, I am a former college pitcher. Um, I'm now uh, studying to be a doctor of physical therapy. Um, My passion is baseball, throwing, all that stuff. Um, Really kind of got into it, uh, just kind of being a mad scientist on myself, trying to figure out how to not suck. <laughs> um, yeah. and just kind of handled, uh, you know, had to deal with a lot of different adversity, um, with all that and, uh, kind of found my way to PT, uh, as you know, something that could kind of give me the most, um, opportunity, uh, to like offer as many different, you know, uh, I guess like arms that I could, um, kind of like put on, be able to put on a bunch of different hats, um, kind of help people out. Um, and I just oh, want to be sure, able to yeah. take, there's yeah, want to be able to take, uh, go ahead. Oh yeah. I was just going to say, there's definitely a lot more, um, when, when it gets to more specific arm problems or issues that you could do than say like a, just a traditional strength coach like myself. Right. So things like, you know, manual therapy or dry needling, whatever it is, the therapy that you're going to use, like you can go a little bit deeper into that versus those strength coaches are a little bit more on the preventative side. So mm-hmm. you definitely will have a, an interesting perspective, you know, once you graduate PT school and, and get, you know, the doctorate and everything, but mm-hmm. for you making that decision to go to PT school, what was kind of your thought process there? Cause I know I was, also in the same thought process early on um, in my, or later in my college career, early in, you know, the, the career field that I chose, I was like, Hey, should I, should I do PT? Should I not? And I remember Mm -hmm. we had this conversation a while back too, but just kind of talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And that was kind of, for me, um, like a, I guess like a big internal debate I had for um, a little bit there. Um, And I think part of it too, was just, I, I was, uh, I was like, I wasn't, I guess, like in my head, like tired of school. Um, like I felt like I could do it for another few years. Um, and I just kind of looked at it as like, what is going to give me the best opportunity to help guys in the most amount of ways as possible. Um, I think like my, my biggest, um, my biggest passion has been always like, learning as much as I can and then kind of helping people with it. Um, and so I felt like PT was, um, cause with, you know, a PT can, you know, go and I'm planning on doing my, doing the CSCS, uh, taking that exam in December. Good. Um, so I could do that, get like my sports specialist, you know, do a bunch of different stuff and kind of wear all these different hats and offer all these different things and have, you know, kind of build this, uh, I'm also, I mean, you know, we're, we're athletes, competitive mindset and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm constantly thinking like, how can I build myself into 
like the best, I guess, like pool of like, how can I just accumulate as much knowledge as I can? Um, and like accumulate as many different, um, you know, how many, how can I, how can I wear the most hats and like help guys in in all different ways? Um, one of my visions too, is like, um, you know, me and Joey started fearless force performance. Uh, y'all check us out. Um, those of you guys listening, um, and we're, so like one of our biggest goals is being able to like offer everything in house and be able to, um, not have to send guys out to other people for stuff. Um, but being able to help guys in a bunch of different ways and never having to be like, Oh, like, um, you know, go see this guy for that. And this guy for that, obviously there's, there's going to be a lot of cases where we're going to say, okay, this guy's really good at this. Let's go talk to him. Why don't you go see him? Um, but for the most part, being able to know at least what's going on uh, when it comes to like every facet of um, performance and health and all that stuff. Sure. Um, well, and it's, it's really easy to, to, you know, either just, offshoot it other than like a orthopedic specialist or something like that things that you can't really like look into like yeah you gotta outsource that but um Mm -hmm. to have that more holistic view and make sure that you have all your i's dotted and your t's crossed but sometimes you know like you said you and joey can hold each other accountable and be Mm -hmm. like hey like i i think this is coming from this or hey here's a different perspective i think this is also a contributor Mm -hmm. and both of you may be right Right. But it's, it's more of like, all right, like if we try to leave all these stones unturned and then find out that like, it's, this is the root cause or like, these are some of the main things that might be going on. Um, you know, for example, a guy who has forearm flexor pain, right. And you mm-hmm. do all the testing and stuff and you roll out like, all right, yeah, it's definitely not the UCL it's forearm flexor stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Joey comes back and he's like, oh, actually, well, you know, maybe his extensors are just too weak and his forearm flexors having to work too hard. It's like, yeah, probably could be both. Probably still de- mm-hmm. dealing with some type of like tendinopathy or something like that in the forearm flexor. Mm-hmm. So like, let's flip it around and let's attack both. So it'll be, that'll be really cool uh, perspective that, that you guys bring on that. Now, yeah. I know you're just starting in the PT uh, school world, but what are some things that you think the the baseball industry is missing that the PT industry can kind of like help fill the gap with and then vice versa? Like what is, what does baseball have that PT, you know, or coaching yeah. in general? Yeah. And dude, believe me, man, we can have a whole podcast on just that, that question. That's fine. Cause yeah, that's what we're here that for. is a, that, <laughs> that is a, that is a big question to answer. Cause there's a lot of things to talk about. And dude, I, gets me so frustrated sometimes with like oh i'm sure some of the stuff that some of the stuff that like as like a lot of the pt people talk about and then also in the baseball world that i'm just like what's going on here <laughs> like we gotta figure something out here um and i mean I'll start off with just saying there's there's not enough good pts in baseball so if you are passionate about health and baseball and all that stuff like do it do pt we need it <laughs> Cause yeah. there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad PTs out there. Um, but I think sort of with, um, I guess what the baseball world could use. Um, I think there's a lot, I mean, it's, it's starting to phase out. Um, but there's a lot of like just ignorant people in baseball. Um, I had a post on it the other day. Um, you guys can see it on my Instagram. Uh, it was, uh, talking about like, just like the guy at the park. That's just like, played in like the Dominican and is like uh, just like training guys off of like, just like random stuff. 
Um, yeah, throwing stuff up against the wall, seeing what sticks. Yeah, sure. and there's just like no research or just any science behind like, oh, yeah, this works. Um, yeah. Not saying that you have and, to prove everything that you do necessarily. But no, of you have course, to have some but at least have some theory or yeah. whatever behind it. For sure. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of the things PT can bring is just like, um, I, I've really, I guess in the last year, um, changed the way I look at like assessing guys. Um, I guess that's also just because that's like been a huge part of what we've done in this first year is learning how to assess and, um, figure out what's going on. Um, but kind of, I've, I guess shifted from more of like a, what I'm like looking for, um, like the problem. Um, as like, a, I guess from like a, um, like diagnosis standpoint to looking more for deficits, um, and I guess treating more like deficit standpoint rather than like, um, oh, this is your problem and this is how we're going to solve it. Um, and I was always like very much like aware of like how that could make a lot, like be a big problem if everybody's treated mm-hmm. the same way. Um, and, but I think USC does a really good job of, um, uh, like really ingraining in us, like every diagnosis is different. And especially when you start to realize what diagnoses are, like, like you hear these like big words, like tendinopathy and tendinosis and whatever. And like, you think like, oh, that's such a specific thing. If you don't know what the word means. And it's like, they're such general terms. They could literally mean anything. Yeah. Um, and that's what a lot of people you know, when they go to PTs or they go to a specialist, we're like, oh, I have tendonitis. I got to sit out for a couple of weeks. And, and it's like, like, okay, well, well, then <laughs> what are you changing or what, what, you know, deficiencies, like you said, are you trying to improve in the meantime? Because if you're just sitting yeah. there and resting, we know that rest isn't always the answer alone, like just doing rest. No, certain exactly. like inflammation and stuff like that, you need that rest, but you also need to yeah. have something, whether it's, you know, throwing at submax intensity and correcting a movement pattern that might be causing the pain or, you know, is one of those deficiencies that you have or like physiological limitations causing you to throw a certain way too. So those are, those are the questions, you know, yeah. as, me as a, as a, you know, throwing specialist strength coach, I always kind of like question mm-hmm. that I'm like, all right, if he's having bicep pain, is it more than just the bicep? right we got to yeah. zoom out a little bit we got to look at subscap we got to look at you know yeah. scapular let's look up the rhythm. chain let's look down the yeah. chain yeah um it's funny because like that is something that i feel like the baseball world offers pt and pt also offers baseball because there's a lot of people in baseball that are ignorant and will just say oh take time off you know mm-hmm. whatever but then there's also like pt is like everything we've learned is like when you're looking at how to treat someone it's it's been like you know assess this assess this like look the entire system um you know so like don't just throw a band-aid on and take time off like you need to strengthen you need to like you need to essentially solve the root but then you look at the way most pts and i won't say all because there's a lot of there are some really great pts in baseball absolutely um but like you see most PTs in baseball will then do the same thing and be like, Oh yeah, take two weeks off and then get back after it. Don't change it. And it's like, don't change. Like they're not trying to change anything. And it's like, if like as a PT, like you look at literally the way we treat everything else. And it's like, why are we not, why is baseball different? Um, 
know, why are we not seeing uh, the, the same approach that we take to literally every other problem? Oh, for um, sure. Well, the most, and, most glaring one I think is like ACL injuries versus UCL injury from uh, mm-hmm. like reconstruction of surgeries and the rehab process after that. You have guys yeah. literally walking out of the surgical office after getting ACL repairs. And yeah. then, you know, I think it's gotten better a little bit as well the past five years, but like some dudes are just locked in and, yeah. not, you know, moving it's... their elbow at all. And I think that causes more problems than, than not because they're not mm-hmm. at least they're not saying you need to, to have yeah. full range of motion. Like when you finish having surgery, but you need to at least move it to whatever range that you have. Skip ahead the next 60 seconds if you don't want to find out about the company I co-founded, Ink Sports Performance. So here's the scoop. At Ink Sports Performance, we get it. We were athletes ourselves, former college and professional pitchers. We were also perform- former college coaches as well. Rob and I, we don't do one-size-fits-all programs. We custom craft each training and throwing program and offer that one-on-one coaching support that you need where you're not just a number. We're all about that personal touch. We'll dive into your training videos, whip up some of the program designed to take you to your next level. Nothing cookie cutter here. So if you, one of your friends, or maybe a player that you know is serious about competing at the next level, hit us up on our website, give us a call, get that set up at inksportsperformance.com. And also just a heads up, we're also very selective who we take. Right, we only take a handful of dedicated athletes, and if you're not putting in the work, we'll have to say goodbye. So let's ink you in to the next level. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's definitely a lot of things that need to change um, in baseball, and also the way PT looks at baseball um, sure. and treats baseball. But it's starting to happen, um, and we, ha- I mean. There's some there's some uh, some PTs at uh, at USC that I'm working with now that are sports guys and they're they they've been great um, and I guess not surprised me but it like kind of encouraged me in a way that it's like all right like this is good like this there's there's good people here like trying to push for for a change here trying to trying to get things better um, but I guess it's been it's been um, it's been interesting to see like the way kind of people look at things and then me bring, bringing like my baseball background to it. I'm um, seeing it from that lens and being like, well, I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Oh, like, you got, you got to like ask certain questions and challenge the status quo. Yeah. Maybe and stuff it's, that it's, they're it's, teaching in the class may not be, you know, ideal or it's like, Hey, this yeah. makes sense in a textbook setting, but like in real life, this is actually yeah, how, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's, I mean, you got to look at, I mean, the biggest, I think the biggest realization, one of the biggest realizations I had, um, was just kind of like my journey of like trying to learn as much as I can was like, when it comes to science and like what we're trying to do, like, we really don't know anything for certain. There's, there's nothing like everything is just make an educated guess and then see how it works. Reassess if it's going well keep doing it. If it's not try something else. And that's how we've like come across everything. It's like, there's like, there's no, 
there's literally nothing where you can like get hung up on and be like, Oh no, this is 100%. Cause that, like, that's not, and you're always going to have an outlier and you're like, mm-hmm. something's always going to be, there's always going to be a question to ask. Um, there's a lot of people like, will kind of like go to a doctor and then come back from it and be like, Oh yeah, well the doctor told me this and the, the doctor, and the doctor is like, God. <laughs> like, exactly. yeah. Put that on it's such like, a well, your, your doctor might be wrong. <laughs> like, like People forget like, most like a lot of doctors will have disagreements with each other they're all right but they're disagreeing you know oh for sure um, well and that, that's why i respect some people who go to you know at least one or like more than one doctor you, yeah get several different opinions and be like hey like is this actually what you see mm-hmm. and then you know the ones who have critical thinking skills are like can you explain this a little bit further versus just slapping on you know, yeah, saying, oh, this is what I have. Great. Yeah. <laughs> bicep tendonitis, man. That's like the, that's the, for me, that's like the one that it's like, everybody has bicep tendonitis. Like everyone will come back. Like, oh, I have bicep tendonitis. It's like, well, like, yes, mm. but like th- that could literally be caused by so many different things. Like, for that, sure. yeah, like, well, let's we'll break that down. So like, I'm, I'm a kid. That doesn't tell you much. <laughs> yeah. If, let's, if, if I'm, if I'm the one that has bicep pain, right? What are some additional things that you would check to see or find out where that contributor is? Um, well, you definitely like, you want to look at like up the chain, down the chain, everything that's going on. Are there like, is there muscle weakness, muscle tightness, like Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and then like movement analysis. And that's, I think another big thing that PT lacks is like, um, so outside of static posture, you would look more in like the, the way they're moving, of, like my skill of throwing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the, I mean, my opinion with PT and I'll throw this in here is that if you're not a baseball specialist, you shouldn't be treating any baseball players. Um, especially with the arm, because like, if you don't understand a, like a very, like very well, the throw and the movement of the throw, like you can't really understand what's going on and you can't treat it properly. Um, because like every other, you know, everything, like, especially with like the, the lower extremities, like you're going to do a gait analysis, you're going to walking, um, you're going to do like a running analysis, all that movement analysis, make sure everything's going well. Um, make sure you're not putting yourself into these like overstressing positions that's causing the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have like an excessive like knee valgus or whatever, um, or hip drop or, um, but then with the arm, like it's so complex. So if you don't know what's going on, like the throwing movement you don't know what's going on. How are you going to treat it? You know, cause that could be the, the big thing. Like you could check all the boxes and everything's great. I've seen that a million times with like teammates oh, yeah. and with myself. Um, where like, everything is like, Oh no, like I don't understand what's going on here, but then like, you, yeah, you, if you're you don't doing have good, all the testing out of context of exactly for the doing. movement. And so it's like, if, if, if you can't look at the throw and understand what's going on then you're, you could miss the entire issue. And like, like I could check every box, but their their throwing mechanics are like super stressful. Oh yeah, and well, that's then, causing the problem. But if you never check that because you don't know how to, then you miss the whole thing, and then the guy goes back to throw, and there you go. You, you know, keeps getting slapped. You got an injury again. <laughs> yeah. Either just the constant cycle of like rest and then ramp back up, rest, ramp mm-hmm. back up. So it's, and that's and where you see, especially with bicep tendonitis. Like you'll see guys a million times, like they'll go in for bicep tendonitis, take two weeks off, 
go back to doing the same thing, bicep tendonitis again. That'll happen like three more times, and then the labrum's done. And there you go. Now you're getting surgery. And it's like, well, like could have avoided this. <laughs> could have. <laughs> you just yeah. sort of like looked at things in a holistic approach, mm-hmm. which is what PT does with almost everything else. But with baseball, I think it's because it's so complex and there's so little baseball specific PTs that understand everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that you end up with a lot of guys that probably shouldn't be treating baseball, treating baseball. Um, and then they're not able to give the care that they're, that they really should. Um, and guys kind of get screwed because of that. Yeah. Well, a lot of that do does have to do with, um, you know, physical therapists are in, you know, either a gym or like a physical therapy clinic, right? Mm-hmm. So the environment inside is really hard to kind of replicate a very fast, complex movement like pitching or throwing, hitting, right? yeah. whichever one you want to break it down with, right? So just the environment alone is, it's it's hard to kind of see everything, it's hard. right? Because like, you're yeah. like, all right, like, let's put you on the table. Let's test you doing this, right? Unless they like have some more context of like, Hey, show me a video of you throwing or Hey, show me exactly this. Right. And that's adding all the pieces together. Right. Versus just looking at Mm -hmm. stuff on the table. And I think that's kind of what you're correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what you're getting at is like some of the PTs that don't have much background in baseball, don't know how to connect those other dots. Right. Exactly. Versus. And there's so many dots to connect (laughs) for sure. Well, yeah, it's, it's that it's like, okay, Hey, like, do you throw differently when you go on turf mound to a dirt mound, right? Like mm-hmm. so many environmental factors that, you know, even outside of just motor systems and the organism itself, which obviously is very complex, but like zooming out even further from that, right. You got to yeah. look at, at what's the your throwing program there. look like what's, you know, what, yeah, what you, volume what workload. Yeah. Those are really big pieces too. hundred percent. Yeah. There's a, if, and if you don't understand, if you don't speak the language of baseball and understand everything that's going on, like, like you can't, you can't do that. Um, and that's kind of one of the big pushes I want to make um, as I get into my career is like getting more, um, I guess, awareness to like, Hey, like baseball is really specific. Like if you don't know it really well, like, refer out, you know, don't be afraid to say like, Hey man, like I can't treat you well. Um, like find someone else. Um, and and I think that's, yeah, there's nothing wrong with me with saying like, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the best, I'm not the best man for the job. Um, but you know, a lot lot of people kind of get caught up in their egos and not want to do that, but, um, have a guy who, you know, I don't know, you have an elite level sprinter that comes to you and you're like, I mean, I kind of understand sprinting, but I don't but, deal with hamstring injuries a lot, but this guy has a track record yeah. of doing a lot of really good stuff with hamstrings. So let's either go talk Ch- to him. Check him out. Yeah. Him. yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think also it's tough because there's so little uh, like baseball specific PTs. It's hard for guys to get access to that. Um, so that's where I'm, that's where I'm trying to fill a hole. And also, you know, again, if you're out there and, you're listening and you love health and you love uh, baseball and you're interested in PT, do it. Cause we need you <laughs> love it. Uh, for the, for the better of the game. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Always trying to but, um, move it forward. Yeah. Yeah. So outside of that, you know, you, you mentioned assessments and then, you know, like some, how each, you know, PT and baseball industry are, you know, each one's kind of lacking something and kind of add a different puzzle piece in there. 
Um, what's some of the things that you've been researching or learning in, in the classroom that you're like, Hey, I really want to implement this, or I need to look further into this. Cause I think there might be, you know, a couple of golden nuggets down this little rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, let me think. Yeah. I've been learning so much stuff that like, I don't even know what I've oh, learned. Oh, it's probably like drinking through a, a <laughs> It's crazy. Sure. It's yeah. a, that's exactly what it is, man. Like <laughs> it's, it's actually, we had our hell week two weeks ago. I don't even know what it was. Like mental hell week? Yeah, dude. So we had seven midterms in four days. It was horrible. Okay. <laughs> um, wow. And they call it hell week. Like our professors call it hell week. It's supposed to be like the hardest week in our three years. I survived. I did it. Um, didn't fail any exams. Um, thank awesome. God. But um, it was rough. And like, it's funny because like I'm studying and I'm like, I, I don't know anything. And then I start like looking at it and I'm like, oh yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. <laughs> but like off the top of my head, stuff. Um, but I mean, I don't know if there's anything like specific where I can say like baseball's lot, like, like these are things that we need to look deeper into more than it's just like the mindset of the way we approach looking at things. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, especially like on the PT side, um, kind of like seeing things and the same, same, same concept of like seeing things and like more the way we look at other stuff. Um, I think what you're, where you're getting at too is like, we've, Hey, this is the one way we've done everything or the one way that we look at all the, we'll just use throwing for an example on the back leg. Right. And a lot of people, when they like try to identify how the person loads their back leg, they mm-hmm. automatically look at, oh, hey, is this a vertical shin or not a vertical shin? And then that's what makes yeah. them identify, oh, he has more internal rotation or more external rotation, which actually isn't true, right? If you mm-hmm. you can still have a vertical shin and still have a lot of pelvic internal rotation. Yeah. Right. So trying to paint a picture here where for if a guy has a vertical shin, their like pelvis is going to be wrapping around a little bit more towards second base. Right versus a ER yeah. vertical shin, pelvis is going to be a lot more neutral, right? Not really wrapping around; it's just straight, and then you know going down the mound. Um, yeah. So like those little pieces, because everybody thinks like oh vertical shin ER or you know what whatever aspect you want to do it with, and it honestly <laughs> could be something as simple as like how someone warms up. Like hey, why do you do plyo balls first? Uh, well, that's the way we've always done it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, well, or let's think through why this. Do you do arm action drills? Um, I don't know. That's just like the first ones that we do, like pivot picks or whatever, right? right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's also part of breaking the mold of this is the way it's always been and not necessarily thinking. Yeah, about. versus like, hey, let's think through this. Let's ask the questions why. Yep. Um, and baseball is doing a really good job now of kind of like starting to do that. Of course, you still have like a lot of guys that are kind of stuck in their ways. Um, For sure. It's a little frustrating it, at times. It would be but. interesting to, to hear from some of your PT students that have no idea about baseball. About baseball? What their, you, yeah, yeah, what their idea you is. Ask them about. and be like, hey, like, this is the practice plan or whatever, or like, do this. And then find out like, hey, what doesn't really make sense to what them? What do you think? Yeah. And it's, like, hey, it's why, cool why too, is this? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's cool too, because like, I mean, that's how like Kyle Bodie 
that's his whole thing. Like he was not a baseball guy and he like looked at it's, I think it's really interesting that he kind of looked at things as a not really a baseball guy. And that's where he was like, a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. And that's where a lot of those changes came from um, with driveline. And it's like, I've had some of those conversations with my classmates and some things they're like, Oh, that's really interesting. That comes from the baseball world that like we can implement in other things. That makes a lot of sense. Um, And then there's other things that they're like, what do you like? That's interesting. Like why? And then you start to think about it and you're like, huh, like it makes sense. Like, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, Take note of that though. Right. It's It's like, yeah, exactly. You know, or, and not, not even, I I don't want to bash like driveline specifically, but you brought it up. So like, you know, their, their typical throwing template of like pivot picks, rollins, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever drills you want. I've honestly started to question that as like, Hey, why do you even need to go in that order? Yeah. And, you know, one of our biggest influences early in our, you know, playing careers and then, you know, deciding where we were going to go down uh, the path was uh, Randy Sullivan. And he talks a lot about, Mm -hmm self-organization mm-hmm. right so like why do we take like as you're warming up like yeah you need to start like maybe a lower intensity drillness up there but like why do you go from like super broken down or like just arm action to then all of a sudden the most complex whereas yeah you know, sometimes he was really big on like hey do a shuffle throw and then like jump on the mound right because it was like adding yeah. a lot of momentum adding a whole lot of kind of like blending it yeah right exactly so it's like but then as you're warming up or as you're practicing throughout the day it's almost the reverse of that yeah right it's like super broken down and then all of a sudden then you get complex versus being going for super complex a lot of moving parts and then making it more simpler right and that Mm -hmm. that could be two different methods or two different approaches with yeah um and that could both be great in context um depending on what you're trying to do yeah, and, and um, that's the. You gotta ask those of, questions. Yeah, yeah, and like you, you gotta said, look at things in context. Yeah, like you said early on, it was like, "Hey, I want to wear as many hats because you want to learn how to connect all these things together." Exactly, see things from a million different perspectives. Because um, that was one of the biggest things that, like, throughout my playing career, I realized um, just kind of like go, like trying out all the different programs because. I like, I mean, for all the listeners out there, like I was, I was terrible growing up. Like I was not good. Um, but I kind of, I grew up in a, in a, in a environment where I was, you know, grew up competitive and grew up with the idea of, you know, if I want something, I got to go get it and I, and I can get it. Um, and so I kept pushing, kept pushing, um, and like was trying everything I could find to figure it out. Um, and, you know, I was able to, you know, reach what I, what I think was pretty close to my max potential. Um, but that's because I was constantly challenging, you know, what I believe and, um, as, as what would help me. Um, and so like I did everything from like the tough cuff program back in the day to the, the Tom house stuff, um, the ranch tread, like I, I and then I was like training myself and like <laughs> trying to figure out what was going on. And like, it's, it's really interesting. One of the things I picked up is like, there's a million ways to solve the same problem. Um, and like, generally speaking, like if you're working towards something and you have like some sort of like logical reasoning that makes sense, like chances are, it's going to help. 
Well, and that's that's um, what uh, the baseball industry, I I think, as a whole, like you look on Twitter, things like that, and certain people speak in total absolutes. Be like, you have mm-hmm. to do this to make this better. You have to do this drill. Yeah. And I'm like, not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Every time I see someone that it's like the three best drills to gain five miles an hour. And I'm like, dude, like yeah, they're great drills, but like, they're not like, come on, dude. Like, why, why are you saying it like yeah. that? Like, well, like make, it could be the three best like, drills for this dude, but it could be exactly. the three worst drills for this guy. For another dude. And then at the same time, you get like these like young kids that don't know anything mm-hmm. um, and their parents that also don't know anything. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to do these three drills every single day for the rest of my life. And then they're a year later and they haven't gotten any better or they've gotten worse or they've gotten hurt. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you didn't address yeah. any of the other issues that you have. Well, that, that's, that's like a, a very, honestly, it's an art form to kind of know when to continue to push yourself and continue mm-hmm. to be like, Hey, I just need to like stick to this plan for a little bit longer and then I'll see results versus like, you know, you're a year out and you're like, I honestly haven't gotten much better and maybe I gotten worse. Right. Yeah. But you don't want to jump ship super early where it's like, Oh, dude, you just started this and you're only like yeah. three weeks in. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. So, you don't want to be the guy that's uh, that's saying, um, you know, a day into a diet. Why haven't I lost weight yet? <laughs> no, exactly. You know? Right. But like if you're, you know, you're a year in and you've only lost five pounds. Sounds like you're just losing water. It's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but even then, like that's, so like that's one of those things where you're just looking at one metric. And if you don't know the whole, like the bigger picture, be like, oh, this dude's yeah. doing strength training on the side and he's actually gaining more lean muscle mass, but his weight on the scale mm-hmm. is the same, right? Then yeah. it's like, okay, how do you actually know if you're improving or not? Well, you have to probably do something a little bit more in depth, like, you know, skin fold thickness measurements exactly. or, or something like that exactly. in body stuff. You got to look at the whole system. For sure. And that's one of the, one of the problems, I guess, just like generally, not even just in baseball is like people will look at like that people have a hard time looking at things like holistically um, and looking yeah. at the whole system. Well, the, it's, um, it's called like a, a, the reductionist approach or like a sniper approach where they're mm-hmm. just looking. Oh, like you have bicep pain. Thing. We're just looking at the bicep. Right. Yeah. Versus zooming out. Yeah. I was, I was talking to my girlfriend about it and like the other day, cause she's um, like, I got her working out when we started dating. Um, and like she was complaining the other day she was like oh my gosh like you know i gained like a couple pounds and i was like babe like your body is like like looks like completely better like different in a way better way than it did a year ago like like you're not you're not bad i promise like you look amazing it's you're just gaining muscle like Mm -hmm. seriously and it looks great (laughs) it's like that that idea a lot of people do that with um and and just the whole like all of life of like, this is like, this is the metric that I'm looking at. That's going to, mm-hmm. you know, decide whether I'm improving or not, or it's well, like, you could even say the same for like velocity. Exactly. Some guys will be so hooked up on, um, on like Velo and mm-hmm. like, forget like, Hey, you know, three months ago I came in and I had debilitating arm pain. Yeah. I haven't gained Velo, but I'm throwing without pain. You know, that's like a huge you know, yeah. or it's the a huge win right there. Yeah. Or you have like some you guys could be just have, waiting. 
yeah, they have unrealist expectations where they're like, you know what? I think I want to gain like 10 miles an hour. I'm like, cool. That's possible in like a year to two years. Uh, and not saying like, Oh no, I need it in three. (laughs) I need it in three months. (laughs) Or, or they say something like, Oh, Hey, like my top velo of all time is, you know, 88 or I touched 90 one time. Right. Yeah. But then now like, they're like, Oh, I can't, I can't seem to get over 90. But if you look at some of the other numbers, like, dude, you like maybe touched 90, but you were before you were sitting like 87 to 88. Now you're like 88, 89 and touching 90. So your, your floor is going up. You're improving. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, Hey, your peak velo may not be changing, but like, you know, you're exactly. able to throw harder, deeper, longer into games. More consistently. Like, yeah, that's yeah, possibly better command too. Like that's all part of it. Um, especially when it comes to velo, like people forget, like we, we're pitchers. We're not just throwers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, like those, are, especially with velo, velo a lot of times will be delayed. Like, I mean, we were working, what was it? Like a year or something, six months, something like that. Yeah, um, six months with me. Yeah, six months, and like we were working, and I was like plateaued for freaking the entire time. Like, could not get above eighty-one, um, and was like sitting 77, 78. So I get in the season, and that's what I got. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna freaking compete. And it was like mid-season, like March. I don't like out of nowhere, just like eighty-four sitting, eighty-two, eighty-three, like consistently. Um, and it just like happens, like that's, that's the way it is. Like mm-hmm. it's sometimes your body is just, it's kind of like a delayed reaction where your body just clicks and it's like, Oh yeah, this is, this is not, this is the way we're moving now. All right. Time to ramp it up and throw harder. <laughs> and it just like, it's hard to get. Um, but also like, I look back to at, um, kind of what we were doing and I was getting frustrated because the numbers weren't improving that much. Mm-hmm. But like, if I look back at like a lot of the videos and a lot of the, you know, the way I was feeling and the, just kind of like the way my mechanics looked, my strength numbers, all that was improving. So it was happening. Um, mm-hmm. It was just kind of like that delayed reaction of the, of the velo, my body having to say like, all right, we got it. Let's, let's ride now. Um, yeah. And, that well, and you, like, you, you started you doing more specific stuff to the game, right? Like exactly. training, training. But then as you started to make that switch, you were like, okay, now I'm throwing the batters more. Now I need more situational stuff, right? So exactly. those variables, different stuff's getting thrown at you. And then, you know, you said mid-season. Now you, are, you you adapted to those new variables. So your your body wasn't like super overloaded with everything. And you're like, okay, this is comfortable now. We can go harder. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then at that point, it was just like compete. I'm not even thinking about it. And it was like that point, all that frustration had left me. And then I was able to like, look back at it objectively and just be like, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously like, <laughs> like I was improving. I was just too frustrated and hung up on the number that I couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sure. that's, that's a super important thing to be able to do um, as a player. And as a coach is like, that, and I think that's one of the things that, especially like through my college career, where I was kind of um, for a lot of time, like, trying to figure it out myself um when i was like kind of building my own programs and all that experimenting um that i think helped me a lot is like i had to learn how to separate myself as like the person you know like looking at things objectively versus like me then executing the program as the player 
Um, Cause it was like the first, I don't know, like year, year and a half, two years of me, like trying to do that and trying to do it myself. It was really difficult to, to separate that. And I suffered a lot on the mm-hmm. field because I couldn't, um, I couldn't look at like when I was programming for myself objectively without allowing like my emotions and like my personal, you know, um, like bias. Yeah. all that. Yeah. My personal bias getting in the way of it. Um, and then when I was getting on the field, I couldn't separate like my analytical mind and mm. just compete, <laughs> Yeah, which yep. that was my biggest strength. That was, I mean, I was top 84 was the hardest I ever threw at the time. I was like upper seventies, like top 80. Um, and like, I was, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm five, eight, I'm not like imposing or anything and my stuff wasn't great. And so like my, my biggest strength was like, I was competing and I was a bulldog and I was going to make you uncomfortable. Um, and like losing that because I was too worried about all the analytical stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I was analyzing like my mechanics while I was pitching, which is the worst thing you can do. Um, yeah, that's, and that, that's where that, you get, I had the worst yeah, year of my career right there. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I was screwed that whole, it was my sophomore year and it was bad. Like I, I got the yips, like it was, it was rough. <laughs> Um, but then like, eventually I learned to say like, you know what, like, I'm going to build what I need to build, you know, set everything up and build a plan. And then once I build a plan, like follow it, somebody else wrote it. I didn't Mm -hmm. touch it. I'm not going to tweak it. I'm just going to put my head down and go. And then that freed me up to just say like, all right, let's compete. And then every day when I was getting after my program, it was just compete. And then when I got on the mound, same thing compete and I don't I'm not thinking about anything um and that was like a huge realization in my career and then also I think coaching too it helps a lot to be able to understand you know how to separate that um, oh for sure well say you know everybody thinks of that as like yeah that totally makes sense whenever you're playing or competing in games and this past year I like hired someone else to write my strength program one because it was like okay, yeah, I do this for a living, but like, I'm probably only going to write stuff that I'm good at or that I like to do. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, Yeah, they're going to probably it's really hard. like, Hey, you suck at this. Maybe you should <laughs> do part this. It's really oh, hard okay. to write for, to write programs for yourself. Cause you, yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean, rear foot elevated split squat, for example, mm. amazing exercise. I hate it. Everybody. <laughs> I, I absolutely yeah. hate it. Cause I got very weak quads. I'm like an all posterior chain guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my quads suck. And so for me, rear foot elevated spots are horrible. And so like, I never want to program it for myself, but like at the same time, like I need it. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like for me to write it in my own program is difficult. Like that's tough. Um, like that's just an example like that. That applies for everything. Everybody wants to do what they're good at. Um, and then at the same time, then you start like being yourself. Then you start only programming the hard stuff mm-hmm. because you're like, oh yeah, my bias is getting in the way. And then it just, it's just a whole, yeah, you know, you not need, a zone you, you want to get into. For sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. To find, to, you know, it's really hard to find that balance for yourself. Yeah. Oh, it is. But there's also part of it too, where it's like, hey, whoever is writing your program, you got to let them know, hey, I'm feeling a little fatigued or, hey, this is too yeah. easy. Or, you know, hey, you can challenge me a little bit more on this next phase of training or whatever, right? Like that's stuff that, you know, it's valuable information to know. Yeah. Uh, and that's why having that, you know, coach player relationships always 
It's really good to super have. Super important. Super important. Um, and that was like, I think, um, so my my senior year, so I played five years because COVID ended up taking the fifth year. Mm-hmm. And so my senior year, we got a new uh, coaching staff. And our pitching coach was phenomenal at that, at like being able to talk to guys. And like, we, we had a really, we had a lot of good communication with him. Whereas before, um, it was, I mean, we didn't even have a pitching coach. It was rough. <laughs> it was, it was tough. So we were kind of on our own and it's really hard to like be able to have someone to communicate with. And like, yeah, like if you don't have someone to communicate with, it's really hard to say, or if you can't, like, if you don't have a, like if, if your coach is not very like open um, or you don't feel comfortable being able to say like, this is what I'm feeling. What do you think? Or this is what I'm thinking. Do you think that's a good idea? It's really difficult to like be successful because mm-hmm. like that could put, cause a lot of problems and just like overworking or underworking and all that kind of stuff. Whereas I'm coach for my fourth and fifth year. It was like, I felt like every day there was always a conversation with every one of our guys about like, Hey, what are you thinking today? What are you feeling? Um, and then like that would evolve into like a, a legitimate conversation where it was like, Oh, okay. That's really interesting. Um, you know, why don't you try this or why don't you try that? Or like, have you, like, have you felt this before? What did you do last time? Blah, blah, blah. And it gets everybody thinking because mm-hmm. it's, it's no longer just like Go now you're kind of, everybody was kind of like critically thinking and thinking, okay, like how can I address this? And it makes things a lot more efficient, um, you know, yeah. for him and for us. Um, and, and that like, for me, that was, uh, that was a great experience for me to be able to like be a part of that. Um, and kind of see both sides and see how helpful it is. Like, it's, it's like, it's amazing when you have someone to like bounce ideas off of, and, um, and kind of, cause you know, it's, I, you know, I felt like I was doing a good job kind of doing things on my own for a few years, but it was like, it was career changing when I finally had someone and it's not like I changed anything like drastic, but it was just like the little mundane decisions I made every day where it was like, Hey, I'm kind of feeling this. Whereas like some, like in the past I might've like pushed it or not pushed it or whatever, but like having that, that outside um, person to be like, give me that advice of, yeah, you know, hey, you like, maybe you should try like, this or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Be it like, completely hey, changes you know things. You psyched yourself up or you're, you're going to have to take all this caffeine to get ready to, you know, get after it. And you're like, he kind of looks at you like, are yeah. you having to do a lot just to get ready to just get ready? How about we not do that and just kind of hang out for a little bit today and exactly, exactly. for tomorrow or later in the week. Yeah. And it's cool. Cause like the more I look back on that experience, like the more I see like all these different things I took from it and all these like different points that I can be like, Oh yeah, that was like a key point right there. Mm-hmm. A key decision we made that led to like a big jump or like a big improvement or like, I mean, there were like a lot, even like in season, there were a lot of like different adjustments and things we were making, um, different, like on the like fly, mechanical adjustments um, or more like pitch arsenal adjustments or both, uh, a little bit of both, a little okay. bit of both. And then also like with our throwing programs and stuff, um, being able to like talk to him and say like, Hey, I'm feeling like this a little bit. Um, and then him being like, all right, you know what let's like lower the workload a little bit this week work more on some of this stuff um and then like hammer it back and ramp back up um you know next week and kind of get back to to our regular workload and like things like that make a huge difference because like 
my first four or my first three years um, were like, it was, it was like happened every one of those years. Like first half of the year, I was nasty, like, like lighting it up, like locked in. Um, and then like mid season would just run out of gas and then I would mm. suck. Like I'd have like a one or two ERA, like first half of the season. And then second half of the season um, just suck. And by the end of the year, it was like a five something. <laughs> and, um, That's a and pretty then, like, common that, trend though, because, you know, hitters are having to adapt to seeing more live at yeah. live pitching. And then all of a sudden they've either seen you for a few exactly. times already, or, you know, mm-hmm. they got things tied think, up a little bit more. Yeah. But a lot of it too, was like the way I felt like I could, I could easily feel like the end, the middle mid season, I would just run out of gas mm-hmm. and my body just felt like crap and I had nothing left. My velo would drop, like everything was just, my mechanics would all just kind of fall apart. Um, and then like those last couple of years, it was just like, we were constantly being proactive about stuff. It wasn't, we weren't reacting anymore. It was like, Oh, we feel this tiny little thing. Let's, let's address it before it blows up into anything else. Um, and it just, it completely, it like changed the way, um, I kind of looked at like in season training and in season programming and, mm-hmm. um, and practice and all that kind of stuff. And like, showing up to the field every day with like a professional mindset of like taking every little like mundane, like minute detail um, and just being locked in on it, making sure like every single thing was addressed and every yeah. single thing was. Well, that's a, um, that's a really was good point because me observing like high level pro dudes, like guys who are in, at the big league level or, you know, pretty high triple A, double A. And then you yeah. see like a high school or college kid, and you can tell the difference just by the way that they go through their warmups and everything else. Who's who? Because they got yeah. guys are going to be a lot more detail oriented and making sure that they're doing things correctly, right? Obviously, there's mm-hmm. certain certain things that might be a little mundane, but like they're locked in. They have the focus and intensity to where it's just yeah. going to keep them in that present moment, right? It's keeping them in the zone. Yeah. Versus. Exactly. You know, not saying that all high school or college kids do this, but they're just like, oh, yeah, go over here and kind of do some of this and yeah. do some of that. But. And that's the big di- difference between success and, and not like because mm-hmm. it's it's easy to 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 do great at the exciting stuff. Like, yeah, like it's really easy to get up and, and do the fun stuff. But uh, I mean, I think the, the most important thing to understand when you're getting into baseball or any sport in general, anything that's challenging, not even sport anything that's challenging it's like i love baseball and baseball is the greatest i mean i'm trying to do it for the rest of my life <laughs> you and me both like nothing i love more than it um but like i could probably count on my hands the times that i woke up in the morning and was like man i'm so excited to train today mm-hmm. <laughs> like like it's 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 mundane like it's not that exciting yeah. you know you wake up and it's like like you feel like crap some days and you just like you don't have the mental energy to get after it and like the differences, um, the differences in that it's those mundane, like just like over and over again, these like boring things that like the pros, what they like, the way they handle them, the way they see them is they just, they just do it. They just get up and it's not like they're more motivated or anything. They're just disciplined That's and they it. just yep. lock in on every little thing, whether it's boring or exciting, they're locked in on everything. Um, and that like right there, you're at that, like, if you're at that level, you're just, you're doing so much. Cause 
you got guys that like, they don't even, they don't look at their nutrition. They don't care about their sleep. Like, and it's not that they don't care, but they're just, they're not really putting much effort into it. Mm-hmm. Whereas these other guys, it's like every single day, they're just locked in on it. Like they're eating right. They're sleeping right. Like they're recovering great. Like mm-hmm. their lifts are all like every exercise is like perfect. Um, whereas other guys might be doing the same stuff but they're leaving so much on the table because they're just, they're not as locked in on it. They're not getting as much bang for their buck. And that efficiency just will complete, it completely changes your career. Yeah. Well, that's, that also is a big difference maker between, you know, not necessarily wins and losses in the, in the win column of like the actual Mm -hmm. outcome of the game, but more the mindset of winners versus losers, like for guys who are just going through the motions, like you said, they're probably not very locked in on everything or they're just like doing stuff when they feel like it. Winners are disciplined. They're willing to put in all that stuff regardless of how they feel. Right. So it's it's those, those things that you're going to do consistently over a long period of time that give you that, that compound effect. We're like, Hey, like we're doing this for a little bit and all of a sudden, yeah. Then you see that the results happen later. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I love to say, like, if you're having to rely on motivation to get you through your program, you lost because mm-hmm. the majority of the days you're not going to be motivated. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> That's if, just if, you're, if you're having to watch a, like a hype video or everything, like before every, every practice or yeah, you, <laughs> every bullpen, or you have That's to get, tough, man. yeah, or you have to, you know, I'm not against guys using caffeine because it is like a performance enhancer, but if yeah. you're using that, as your only way of getting amped and juiced up, you might need to, if that's a a recovery replacer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem (laughs) for sure. It's definitely one of those things where you you just got to give yourself a little bit more perspective and be like, Hey man, like, do I actually enjoy doing this? Exactly. Because if if you're, if if your heart's not in it, then quit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. That's a, that's a huge, and that's a huge realization to make too. And, something that I think I was really lucky to make um, when I was really young is like people who are successful, it's the difference is not necessarily that like you are like born to do something. I mean, there's obviously freaks out there. Like that's just, that's the way it is. But like the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that successful people are willing to do the work. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you will get as far as you are willing to. Um, and that's kind of what I take through life and the way I look at things is like, if I'm willing to go a certain distance, I'll get there. It's just, am I willing to do it? And for some guys, you know, the work it might take to be a professional baseball player might be a lot more than another guy, mm-hmm. but like the guy who it would take a lot more work to get there. It's like, they still have to assess, am I willing to do all of that? Mm-hmm. And if they are go for it. And if you're not like, make the decision to 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 not do it and save yourself the time and find something that you are passionate about very true um, well, you don't want to you don't want to waste yeah that's that's where i was at i think um when i was at the crossroads of deciding to either do strength training or pt and i was like i really am not motivated to do another three four years of school it's <laughs> just no yeah you know so yeah. I'm like, all right let's just go ahead that, and nose dive into you know just being more applicable and, and working with guys. Exactly, out of the gate. And, and I will say, man, like you've accumulated a ton of knowledge. Like the, you talk like a PT a lot, man, like a lot yeah. of the stuff that you say and the way 
that you go about things. I'm like, dude, that's exactly the stuff that we're learning and exactly the way our, like our professors are talking and all that stuff. Like you can learn all that stuff on your own too. Oh, for it takes sure. a lot more trial and error and a lot more um, of like your own going out there and researching and studying and all that stuff. But like anyone can do it and anyone can learn this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, you got to find the best path for you and what's going to be yeah. best. Um, and like, for, that's different for every person. Um, and that applies to all facets of life. Absolutely. Um, You're totally yeah. spot on, dude. Totally spot on. Well, was there anything else on your mind that you wanted to talk about or anything you wanted uh, to, to toss out to the listeners out there other than, you know, maybe a shameless uh, Instagram, Twitter plug? Yeah. I'll, uh, so my Instagram, uh, my Instagram, my, my personal uh, coaching account, you can catch me at Alex Vado FSP. That's Alex V E D O F S P. Um, you can catch our uh, fearless sports performance Instagram at fearless sports performance. Um, and we, we, we're always trying to put out some good content and help guys learn as much as they can. Um, and we're always trying to start uh, conversations with people too. So if you ever see a post and have a thought about it, uh, you know, drop a comment and let's talk about it or DM us and whatever. Um, Cause we're trying to learn just as much as everybody else. Um, and then on Twitter, you can find me same thing, Alex Beto FSP. Um, and then our, uh, our company account is fearless BSBL. Um, so that's our little, that's my little uh, shameless plug right there. Uh, follow us, um, check us out. And let's talk about stuff. Let's all learn together because we're all in it together. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Awesome. Well, Alex, thanks for taking some time out of your, your spring break uh, to, to come on this podcast. Course, really appreciate it. And yeah, uh, dude, yeah. I enjoyed it, man. Yeah, definitely enjoyed it. And to all you listeners out there, stay in the zone. <laughs>